You are listening to the Sweet Empowerment Podcast with Kristen Brown, where we upgrade our relationships and life by applying practical ideas, universal truths, and life-changing inspiration. Let's go have some fun. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sweet Empowerment Podcast. I am super excited to introduce my guest to you guys today. He is an absolutely beautiful human being and someone who I love co-creating with. He and I met on a social audio app and we were absolutely quick friends. Like it was an immediate jive, immediate, immediate energy click. And I'm so honored and proud to call him not only my friend, but also to introduce him to you guys today. His name is Timothy Waterman, and I want to share a little bit about him first before we get started. Timothy is a globally celebrated channel and transformational guide who passionately speaks on the process of conscious awakening. He focuses on metaphysics, self-love, conscious growth, the law of attraction, and how to come to the realization that you are enough, period, that you are already whole and complete. You are. From that place, he invites you to see how open you can be to the many, many blessings that life has to offer, to become all in on creating a life that feels oh so satisfying on the inside and out. Timothy is currently located in Western New York and is actively dreaming and co-creating a future where he will be traveling the world and doing what he loves most each and every day. You can find many of his uplifting messages on Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, TikTok, Instagram, and Spotify. Timothy, welcome to the Sweet Empowerment Podcast, my friend. Thank you so much. It's really fun to be here. (laughs) Emphasis on the fun because it's with you. And yes, whether we're recording or we're (laughs) texting, we're always having a good time. Uh, it's always about empowerment and what's possible. So uh, happy to be playing with you in this way yet again. (laughs) Thank you. Oh, so glad you're here. So I'm just going to jump right in right from the beginning. And I would love if you would briefly share with us a little bit about your backstory, your journey up until now that has led you to doing the work that you are now doing in the world. Yeah, happy to happy to rewind a little bit. So I feel that really this all started for me when I became, I guess, what used to be called a tween, (laughs) probably like 11 or 12. I started to have worries Mm -hmm. and I looked around at like the circumstances that my family had and I didn't see how things were going to work out. And so even as my tween self, I started to worry and I started to be like, what's going to happen? And what if it's the worst case scenario? And I would imagine that that kind of thinking was modeled to me in one way or the other. And so I didn't know any better. I just kind of caught on that type of, I caught on to that type of thinking, you know, worrying, try to forecast, try to control the future, figure it out. And that really took hold in a big way. I had some things happen. Uh, in that stage of life. So when I was 13, I had a an infant baby brother transition mm. through a car accident. And oh, wow. um, that was intense at 13. And I also, before that, when I was about 10, I had like a, a best friend in my neighborhood who got hit by a car. She was getting the mail. And uh, <laughs> oh, it's like, I can still feel yeah. what it was like for that version of me. Um, you know, like she was in the evening, she was crossing the road, getting the mail and she was hit by a car. And so um, just things like that really put, <laughs> as you can see, I still have a lot of sensitivity for that yeah. version of Timothy. <laughs> um, he just didn't know how to deal with that. Uh, it was really intense to just have these beings that are loved so much um, there one moment and then <laughs> just like gone the next. And so that really catapulted the worry and the fear. Yeah. And I literally became afraid of life. Um, my That version of me was like, what's the next terrible thing that's going to happen? And uh, whew, I feel like I'm even clearing some motion from all of that now, like serving that version of me to like let go. 
I'm just going to so, say um, I do the same thing on interviews when I'm replaying something. I have, I, cause I get so in the feel yeah. that it just all starts coming up again. So I feel you. Yeah. Well, it's good though. Cause clearly that version of Timothy needs to be able to like, let that go. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm just, you know, allowing. So yeah, that just, in that stage of life, I just began to really fear like the next terrible thing, you know, back then it felt terrible. Now I'm in a different place where I don't look at certain, those things as terrible because I feel like I understand the divine cosmic play of things. But back then it was really intense. And so just that became my norm, just like really fearing the future, fearing the worst. And so I became a worrier. I just would worry, worry, worry all day long. And I developed a lot of coping mechanisms. I experienced, I don't like to identify with certain states of being. I like to say that I experienced, you know, like symptoms. Yeah. I experienced the symptoms of anorexia as a teenager. And looking back, I know it was all about control. I was like, what can I control in this world that I have no idea what's going to happen? Well, I can control my food and I can control calories and fat grams. And so that became an obsession. A lot of people wanted to help me with it, but I just wasn't able to hear it. It was like, this is what I can control. Like, leave me alone. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. And I had to get bored of that. Um, it took me like three years to get bored of that. Like just, I became really skinny and I just, it was literally the thing that changed. People say like, how do you cure anorexia? And like, for me, inside, I just got tired of it. I was like, this isn't making me happy. And so it was when I chose to become, I said, the next thing that excited me, I was like, you know what? I look at these, these pictures of people who have muscles and they're fit. And actually that feels really good. Like, you know, now understanding how the law of attraction works. I didn't know it back then, but it's like, we, we know like the, now a lot of us know like the, the hows of the law of attraction, but even looking back then, not knowing how any of this works. When I looked at the pictures of people who have muscles, I said, that feels good. And so that's what moved me in a new direction. I said, now I've, I've done this anorexia thing to try to control everything. I'm bored of this. What feels good? Oh, I want to have muscles. So. Love that. <laughs> so, um, so, you know, that's just um, one detail just to show like how, how worried and how fearful of life I became that all continued into my twenties. Uh, I, had a marriage in my 20s and just didn't know what I didn't know. And so had a lot of emotional traumas, if you will, that I was carrying with me from childhood, from teenage years, not knowing what they were, not knowing how they unconsciously impacted my behavior, how it was showing up. And so though that relationship had a lot of beautiful thing, beautiful things about it, it also had a lot of drama, if you will. And I own my part because I had a lot of unconscious stuff that I wasn't aware of. And so I was very unhappy by the end of my 20s. I, I was actually like, oh my gosh, I'm about to be 30. I can't let my 30s be like my 20s because I didn't enjoy my life at all. was doing a very like, quote unquote, normal life. I was working in a corporate call center, um, had, you know, a car, had a house with the partner, had a dog. I was completely unhappy. Mm. because I was living life the way I was told I should be living life. And so then I, the one thing I realized I'd never tried, actually my health really plummeted at the end of my twenties. Um, like I had, I was so nervous that I started having panic attacks and I actually, my, my gut was so shot because it's, you know, there's nerves in the gut. It was so shot that I stopped being able to keep down food. Oh, wow. Um, and I just laid there in bed, not being able to hold down food or water at one point. And I said, what, what have I never tried? I was like, what have I never tried in my life? And the answer was following my heart. Wowza. And, wow. And I said, what is my heart saying? And my heart said, you've always wanted to go to LA and study acting. And you've never let yourself do that. Like I that's chose. been your childhood dream. And so... I just said, okay, I'm just going to see what happens when I follow my heart. And sure enough, when I decided to follow my heart, everything that needed to fall away, fell away. That marriage fell away in a very amicable way. It wasn't easy, but it fell away amicably. Let everything go, packed up my car, um, drove across the country, started taking, well, I, I, I got to LA and I, you know, I found a job there, started to, I started going to improv classes. 
uh, right off the bat, I had, you know, started making friends. And that's when I started to, in LA is when I started to learn about what I call universal spirituality, mm-hmm. which is understanding the mechanics of the universe, what life is, how it works, you know, how energy works without being attached to a religion um, and being attached to there's one way. Cause I think, <laughs> I think this whole one way thing if you're asking me is like, oh my gosh, like when you understand life, there's like there's a million ways, there's more than a million ways to the same destination, which to me is, you know, peace, happiness, health, vitality, well-being, joy, doing what we love. There's a million ways to get to that place. Uh, but that's when I started learning about, you know, just meditation. I was introduced to the teachings of Eckhart Tolle, uh, and that led me to one metaphysical teacher after the other, after the other. after. And the more that I learned about all these inner mechanics and then universal mechanics, the better I was able to feel the more I was able to heal. And I just got, I developed such a hunger. I was like, if I can do this work on myself and if I can allow this healing and I can leave behind that version, not because there was anything wrong with him, but if I can keep creating the version of Timothy that is more adventurous, is open to the possibilities, is open to life being better and better all the time. If I can open up to that and experience just feeling good in my body, more peaceful, more of the time, uh, more an appreciation of myself, uh, cultivating my gifts and sharing. My gift. if, if I can allow that, then, oh my gosh, I feel like I just want to talk about it because I feel like there must be other people who might be feeling ways that I used to feel that just want to feel better. And so I just developed a passion for talking about all this stuff. <laughs> That's amazing. I just got to say right off, there's so many things you're saying. I'm actually taking notes as we're speaking for those that are listening on the podcast that don't get this visual and the following your heart thing. What I love about that so much, Timothy, number one is that you said, what have I not tried? Like it's that curious inquiry. I'd had a similar experience. It was that curious, like, what can I do? Like it was the, that is when we truly open And that inspiration can come in and something as simple as follow my heart. And this takes courage, right? Because like you said, you were married and you had the house and the animals and the thing going on that you thought you were supposed to have. And this was like a holy crap. This is following my heart. It takes courage to follow your heart, but look what happens. Your story really inspires me. I've just been beaming from ear to ear. I had chills on my legs. It's just these type of stories make me so happy because we all struggle. We all struggle at some point. And when that path starts to reveal for people, when they become curious enough or open enough to, to, to see what the path is, this is the cool stories that come from that. And I will say that we had a similar backstory because I started to, you know, read things, Eckhart Tolle, all the things, conversations with God, Marianne Williamson, Course in Miracles. I mean, and I noticed too, Timothy, that I started to feel better. Like there's no other way to explain it. I just was, there was peace. Things make sense. And I became really thirsty too. I didn't call it that. I was just excited because if I can feel this good, I can feel even better. And the same thing with you. It's like, oh my gosh, there's so many people suffering out in the world today. Maybe I can share this with people because you and I are both, you know, gentle spirits and compassionate people and don't want other people to suffer. And it's, you know, I just think this is, Hearing this story for the first time, like the full gist of the story, I know pieces and parts of it. It's like, no wonder, you know, that we jive so well because we have such a similar foundation. So I want to go into the next question, which is, what is your definition of the higher self? And you also call it your one's own inner authority. Yeah. There's a lot of terminology in the world and people get confused. So let's Mm -hmm. talk about that. For me, higher self is a term that I'm pretty used to just in the metaphysical realm. I know for people who might just be getting into like the self-healing path, self-growth, because there's all these other terms too, like, you know, like self-empowerment, self-growth, self-healing, self-love. So like if someone's just getting into that and they're not too familiar with higher self, I get it. Feel the easiest way to make it simple is it's another way of saying soul. Mm. And soul is not, to me, soul is, it remembers what life is, what it's meant to be. It's love. It is, it's, it's confidence, it's empowerment. It's a certainty 
and just in knowing that all is well and it lives in the moment like in the moment it's not dwelling on the past in a way to try to conjure up guilt and shame and all that it's not in the future trying to figure it out um worrying the soul is here now and the soul is at peace and well-being and so to me higher self is just another way of saying soul the presence of the soul and again i'm not saying soul in a religious context because to me um soul is just the eternal part of us you know consciousness you know it's the part that's just we have these thoughts but what's aware of the thoughts you know like we're seeing with our eyes but what's behind the eyes seeing to me that's consciousness and you know consciousness is the soul you know the soul is the consciousness that's watching this whole thing it's behind the thoughts observing the thoughts yeah that's what higher self is for me again not attached to religion just the eternal awareness that knows and truth, all is well, whatever the mind may be up to or focused on, just knows that all is well, that we're always guided, we always have access to higher intelligence, you know, inner wisdom. To me, the higher self is here to have a good time because it knows the earth is a paradise that's meant to be played in and explored and have adventures and connections and yeah and you know love and appreciate beauty like the soul the higher self is aware of all these things and it will always bring us that perspective when we're willing to listen if we're distracted up in our mind because our mind was taught all these ways of thinking uh, based on our journey on earth coming from other people that are well-meaning but they just don't know again what they don't know when they're you know kind of projecting fears and concerns and they're trying to help us keep it under control, if you will, because they right. feel like they have to keep it under control. Uh, but again, that's, that's, that's fear, typically fear and control in the soul, the higher self to me is not about fear and control. It's about, it's here to play. It's here to enjoy, explore, connect, create, you know, appreciate. And so like, so to me, there's, there's, you know, we're, we have free will on earth. So there's a choice between like, what is my soul, my higher self have to say? And maybe what does my trained mind have to say? And which one feels better? I always find that my soul, my higher self has a much better feeling perspective. So let's talk about what the trained mind is. Yeah. One of my questions was in your travels, does the soul have a counterpart, which you just spoke of? And what's funny is one of my questions was, what is your definition of the soul? So <laughs> you've covered up. <laughs> this is how Timothy and I are, though, you guys. We actually, you know, we think so along the same lines that I'm, these questions that I have outlined that I think people might want to know the definitions of, you're covering them because it is also connected. But before we go there, do you believe that the soul is our connection to source, spirit, God, universe? Do you believe that is the peace inside of us that is connected to God, that is our God self? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I feel that, you know, for a long time, religion called it God. Uh, you know, maybe other paths that are not religious, so to say it was called God. But to me, I just have to say, like, yeah, source energy feels best to me. And it's just the source of all of life, all of creation. And to me, that source is unconditional love. And it's also curious about what it can create. It's always creating, you know, like, even on Earth, like the scientists are always discovering new species that have never been, you know, seen before, like life is always creating, it's always diversifying. So to me, yeah, and it all comes from love and curiosity and creativity. It feels better for, for me to say, uh, to say source energy. Mm -hmm. We have free will on earth. So we can, if we want to wander away from love and and see what chaos and drama is like, we have the free will to explore that. Yeah, I found that that love, again, is always there. Anytime I've ever wavered from love, I can always come back and love um, is like, I'm here and I have open arms. So yeah, <laughs> right. And to me, it's like, this might sound strange to some people, but when I talk, we're talking about love, we're talking about capital L love. We're not yeah. talking about, um, I love pizza. Like this <laughs> is the universal essence of unconditional love of our source energy. And I've noticed for me, Timothy, when I have strayed to the dark side, for whatever reason, had that moment of lower self, had that moment of ego thinking, conditioned patterns, whatever it might be. Okay. 
when I've strayed over there, when I can bring that loving essence energy back to myself, it's like everything dissipates and there's almost a reset. It's very hard to describe. It's like there's an energetic reset that happens where all that falls away. And this just takes consciousness. It takes awareness. It takes presence in the moment to apply that. And this is why I believe these type of teachings are so important and especially bringing our human essence to these teachings. Because when I tell my personal stories, people are like, oh my gosh, I so relate to that. Good. You're making me feel normal. People say that to me all the time. I'm like, well, just because I've learned something and I'm teaching it now, doesn't mean that I'm not still human and still process through these things. But I want to back up just a minute. And I want to touch on what you talk and spoke about the conditioned mind or the conditioned thinking, the programming. Let's just touch on that so people know what that means when we're referring to that. Yeah, of course. So to me, this is fascinating because I'm an observer. I'm always, <laughs> I'm always like I I love to people watch when I whenever I'm traveling. I'm at the airport. If I have like a significant layover, like I just people watch. Heaven, <laughs> isn't it? I'm so curious that I'm like, I just, I, I love observing and just noticing and, and it all comes from curiosity. And so to me, the mind is a, the mind is a very important aspect of our human vessel. And, you know, back in the day when there was more physical danger, you know, it, it was one of its primary things was it was conditioned to survive, you know, to to be on alert, to be aware of danger. The mind is, you know, it's, I mean, everything has it too, you know, like all animals have a mind, you know, and their minds are conditioned too. Like if I, I don't have any pets at the moment, but I have siblings that have pets. And when I observe my, my siblings pets behaviors, I see how their minds are conditioned too. Like, uh, you know, there's a lot of dogs by living in a house for a certain amount of time, their mind understands how to open a door. <laughs> Right. <laughs> you know, like a, a lot of animals in the wild probably have no clue how to open a door. But if you put a pet indoor for long enough and they can reach it, they'll probably figure out like the mind is here to observe, to understand how things work. For again, for the longest time, I won't say year amount because there's all these different ideas about how long, you know, this version of humanity has been what it is. But it's been a long time and there did used to be. A lot more physical threats so like a big part of our ancestry the mind is very hooked on survival and so then we are born into these cultures and these cultures you know no judgment but have got caught up in a lot of fears you know yeah. a lot of fears and insecurities and a distrust of life and so to me mm -hmm. fear is essentially a distrust of life and and also as an aspect of separation. What I mean by separation is when you don't feel that you are connected to the source of creation. To me, in my experience, what that created was feeling alone and bewildered. And yeah, and when you're feeling alone and bewildered and like it's just you and you're not connected to anything, to me, it's, I mean, yeah, that it became about survival. Like I'm on my own. I got to figure this out. I got to do what I got to do to survive. You know, like that was, you know, and that's, you know, a lot of people can relate to that because, you know, a lot of these cultures tell us that, you know, we're not connected to anything, you know, like this all happened by chance, which if that's your belief, no judgment, but I just have seen and experienced too much to like, I could never say that this all happened by chance. Mm -hmm. um, and so, so yeah, the mind observes, the mind absorbs information. Um, when you really study internal growth, it's often said that between the ages of like one or two, anywhere up to 11, that young mind is just a sponge and absorbing. So whatever it's told and the subconscious learns by repetition, whatever it's told many, many times. And again, as children, we don't know any better. We're looking up to the taller humans and we just assume they know everything. Mm -hmm. And so when they tell us something over and over and over again, our innocent mind just accepts it as a truth. And then it becomes a program. Just an example. A lot of us were told you know, we were taught to look at the world based on what you can have and what you can't have. And that's too expensive. You know, that costs too much. And that all comes from limitation. Many children heard like, you can't have that cost too much. You hear that like a hundred times. And now your personality begins to believe that like, there's just certain things that aren't possible for you to have. 
you're just not, you weren't born in the right, whatever. So it's just not possible. It becomes programmed. Yeah. Program. And that's just one example, but there's so many other beliefs. Like, you know, like another one is you're different from me because you're a different nationality. Like, you know, we have, you know, like some, you know, I know this is fading out on the planet, but there's certain nationalities that feel like they can't even associate because like you're this and I'm that, you know, it's like, and again, that's phasing out thankfully, but um, it's just conditioning. And so we get all of these ideas and then that's how we begin to view the world. Like whether it's fears or limitations or insecurities, that which we've accepted as a truth, we start to look out and we project those onto our life until something in us, if you ask me, the soul, the higher self, we start to be aware of that, like something's off about this belief. If you pay attention, a lot of these beliefs are inconsistent because yeah. you'll hear things like, so here's a fun one. This is again, phasing out on the planet because just uh, what these new generations are doing, but you need to go to college and get a degree to make good money. Yeah. I'm aware of people who dropped out of high school and started a YouTube channel and are making like a few hundred thousand dollars, like a couple years in. <laughs> <laughs> so if you observe enough, you'll be like, well, I was told this my whole life. And this person over here is breaking everything that they're breaking every mold that I was told, you know, exists because they dropped out of high school. They started a YouTube channel like two, three years in, they're making like over, you know, they're making like two, three hundred thousand dollars. Like, let's go there, Timothy, because it is those beliefs that we follow. And then that ends up being what we create in life because we believe something is a certain way. So yeah. we blindly follow this belief to be true. And all of our behaviors are going to line up to substantiate that belief. But yeah. it takes that shift in perception to another possibility, a possibility of abundance, a possibility that we can have actually something different, yeah. which leads me to my next question is to talk about co-creating what actually co-creating is and how do we shift from what would you say to someone who is like, wow, I really am in a place of disempowerment or lack mentality or victim mentality, whatever it might be, just something rooted in the lower self, rooted in fear, rooted in limitation and lack. How do I make that shift over to an abundance mindset, a faith-filled mindset? And I know you will weave co-creation in there really beautifully too. So the first thing, the thing that's most important to me is to also recognize that in my experience and what I've witnessed is that judgment is a big part of the culture as well. Once you see something that you, and you know, this has been very true for me, becoming aware of beliefs or perspectives that I realize aren't serving me, it can be very tempting to go into judgment and say, you know, like, what's wrong with me? Why am I still believing this? How do I get out of this? Oh, I can't believe I bought in this for so long. Like that's all to me, judgment and judgment just intensifies. Like Mm. judgment is going to cause us to feel awful. If you ask me judging yourself is what you're saying when you're judging yourself in that moment. Yeah. yeah. Just like if you see that you have limiting beliefs, it can be really easy to be like, oh my gosh, how did I not see this for so long? Like, and then you, it's kind of becomes like, almost like, um, it's just like something that you want, like out of your body. You're like, how do I get it out? You know, (laughs) (laughs) get it off me. (laughs) And that's resistance and that's judgment. And to me, that's going to make it worse. So like, just what I find to be super powerful is compassion. Again, understanding that a lot of these beliefs we, we did absorb when we were young, when we were a teenager, a lot of fears, you know, were projected onto us. And I'm not blaming the people who projected the fears. Again, they they typically do it well-meaning because again, they're trying to help us get it all under control and, you know, and like, you know, be safe by being in control. But like, we just didn't know what we, we did not know then what we do know now. And so compassion is key for me. Just like, just be, oh, wow. Like, and also gratitude. Wow, I'm so thankful that I can see it now. And just because I can see it now doesn't mean that the momentum that I've built up in my life with these beliefs will go away overnight. But what I find is once we have a new awareness, what happens in life is that, and the awareness to me is the empowerment that we realize that we can make new choices because situations and types of situations tend to play out in our lives over and over. But with more consciousness, we realize that we have more choice in the matter. 
and we can choose in the moment we can choose a, an avenue a path a route that'll take us into new territory so for example i'm going to go into just relationships for a moment like if you've always had a certain type of relationship and you know that there's been certain patterns that have showed up in relationships and maybe you've been single for a while and now someone comes along and they're interested and you're like okay maybe i'll get to know you but you start to see some of the same patterns that have always played out that's consciousness because you can see the patterns now maybe three relationships ago you couldn't see the patterns at all you just thought it was right. normal you right. thought everybody's like this later in time you're like you can see the patterns so now you have consciousness and now you have a choice okay i feel like this scenario is going to bring patterns that i'm very familiar with actually i just don't think i'm interested anymore am i going to keep leaning in or am i going to say you know you know what have a pretty good sense about how this will go. And you know what? I'm not going to do it again. I'm not going to do it again. That's consciousness. And that's enough consciousness to make a new choice. You just say, hey, it's been nice to get to know you. I don't think I want to take this any further. And then you just step back and you, you know, you keep yourself open. I found that being single is perfectly fine, despite what culture tells you. I've been single for nine years working yeah. on myself. <laughs> and yeah, I will say that. I would much rather be single in a good place than in a relationship that doesn't serve me. Amen. <laughs> that is the truth. And that's, again, consciousness. And so I am perfectly fine with letting things unfold in a way to where, you know, if it happens to where someone comes along, and I'm like, this is a good fit. We're a good match. This is really healthy. I can feel this is going to be great. Yeah, I'm open for that. But anything less than that, it's like, no, it's like been there, done that. I'd much rather be with me and taking good care of myself than in a relationship that's just not going to be anything less than, a, you know, a great match, a, a match to where I am and how I, because we want someone that can mirror back to us how we take care of ourselves, how we feel about ourselves, what we know we deserve. We want that to be reflected back to us. Yes. And that all comes from consciousness. And to me, that is co-creation. Co-creation is the more conscious we become, the more we realize that we are creating our lives choice by choice by choice when certain situations, because, you know, in a way it's like we are demonstrating to ourselves whether we are now acting in our higher perspective of consciousness or we're just going with the same old, same old. And so right. situations do come around and they're kind of asking, do you want to play it out the same old, same old, or do you want to like consciously take yourself into new territory? And when we keep consciously taking ourselves into new territory, that to me is when better scenarios really start to present themselves because we've proven to ourselves that we really are done with the old that yes. we're no longer interested in. There's an energy shift with that. Yeah. And I will say in my personal experience that when I've made a, well, first I want to talk about belief shifts. When I reckon that, well, I came to know that my beliefs were assisting me in creating my future. So if I had disempowered beliefs or low vibration beliefs, I was going to have those things keep manifesting. Mm -hmm. So I started to pay very close attention to what I believed about relationships, life, men, health, people, jobs, careers, myself. I started to pay attention to all those type of beliefs. And one by one, I started cleaning them up because all those beliefs were lies. They were limiting and they were keeping me stuck. So knowing that those were keeping me stuck, if I knew if, okay, if I take this belief and I question it and say, is this belief true? And it's not true. Then I cleaned it up and replaced it with a better feeling thought that shifted me into a completely different energy, which attracted something different to me. Yeah. And I believe this is part of, like you were saying, the co-creation process is I, you know, let's jump into law of attraction a little bit. Everything has a vibrational frequency, everything uh, like energy attracts like energy, which is why I believe you and I were uh, attracted to each other in um, that type of energetic way. Because like the minute I got on the call with you on our app, I was like, I really like, really enjoy this person. I love his energy. I love the way he feels, you know, where if someone's not in alignment with us, it, there's going to be a disconnect. It doesn't matter how great of a person you are. If someone's not in that energetic alignment with us. It can feel very disconcerting. It can feel uncomfortable to be in that person's energy. And, and I just want to say this because any chance I get, I have to say this just because you don't vibe with somebody doesn't mean there's something that wrong with you. 
It just means you could be a completely different energy energetic level. But for me, the co-creation process happens when I know that I want a certain something. I know that I want to manifest a certain something into my life. And I need to get myself into the vibration of receiving that thing yeah. of what the energy feels like to already have that thing. But if I have these beliefs in the background that are saying, oh, you can't have that, or you're not good enough or whatever the story might be, then that thing is forever out of my reach. But I believe that's what co-creation is. So you want to speak on that a little bit about how the universe matches our vibration? Yeah. Yeah. And thank you for, uh, I love the way that you just spoke about that because this is to me the fun part. It is. <laughs> we get so excited, you guys. Yeah. yeah. The fun part, just realizing the ability that we've been given to create and very much so through our imagination. And part of the process is, again, identifying thoughts, stories that come up that say that's not possible for you. Uh, one that actually, you know, actually, I just did clearing on this yesterday. Like I had a session with a beautiful, I believe they call themselves a vibrational mentor is one of the terms they use. And I had a profound clearing and, you know, I'll just be open and honest. That was like, it was a belief that I can't have what I want. That super dreamy life that feels amazing on every level every level it's like for me it's amazing travel it is a beautiful relationship it's just the the freedom to go do whatever i want whenever i want to do it to be having fun like i'm a performer so like i see myself giving amazing like dance performances on stages you know with other people involved it's like a collective performance like you know it, it's a big 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 life and yesterday in that session one of the things that came up was like i feel like I'm asking for too much. Yeah, <laughs> I don't feel I like that. I'm good enough to have that. And uh, and that was a that was a belief that I was bumping up against. And you know, we dove in, and I had a massive clearing, a very emotional clearing. And so that you know, to me, and again, it's not doing it with judgment. It's not making any of that wrong. It's just recognizing, like, oh, there were versions of me that bought into certain stories they just come up so that we can lovingly begin to let go. Cause we get, if you ask me, we get attached to perspectives, we get attached to stories. So lovingly, am I willing to let these perspectives and stories go so I can embrace new ones. And the new ones for me is that recognizing that I'm just going to say it as profoundly as I can, that source energy gives endlessly <laughs> and it's joyful for source to give endlessly because this is, um, you know, as a channel, I just, sometimes I'm just sitting, eating lunch and I just get like these, what I call universal codes that drop in. And I was just literally sitting there, sitting there eating like a, a hummus sandwich a, a couple of weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago. And this code came in that says, and it's something it expanded upon things I already knew, like source gives endlessly, you know, without apology, it gives endlessly. And what source gets back from the equation is that when we receive openly and with joy, source feels that joy and source benefits from that joy. So when we let ourselves have the most amazing life and receive and play and have fun and love and create and connect and enjoy. And, you know, and to me, I'm all about allowing the, the spectrum because there's spectrums to humanity. Like, mm -hmm. and, and I've felt them in various ways, but like, there are spectrums that I feel that some people out there might not even know exist, and they are radiant bliss, ecstasy, euphoria, and they are accessible as we allow them. You know, there's a lot of different things happening where people go into these states through meditation or plant medicines, and and they're great for previews. You know, they those things don't tend to keep us in that state. I call them preview states, but they let us know that they're available, like bliss and euphoria and ecstasy and feeling like milky and juicy and creamy in our bodies knowing that it's divine to be human like these emotional spectrums are there but so many of us have been so conditioned that we don't feel deserving of them yep and so that's what i feel excited about on my journey as allowing those states to be my norm not necessarily needing meditation or plant medicines to access them because they're another level of receiving. Yeah. I mean, to me, the, the ultimate treasure chest starts within. And then when you understand the law of attraction, what you allow within 
reflects outward. So the yes. more that I allow myself into that joy and that ecstasy and that giddiness and that playfulness and that those amazing spectrums of love and worthiness, the more I allow that inside of me, the law of attraction on the outside, it brings whatever things, people, experiences, opportunities. It could even be homes, cars, anything that matches that level of vibration. So like, and I'll bring a really specific example, like anybody you look at that has really, really nice cars, they felt worthy of them because they yes, have, them. that's right. You know, like they, if they would not have them unless they felt worthy enough to have them. That's just the way. And I know this might feel a little bit profound to some people. And it's not, again, it's not, I'm not putting it away that you somehow make your feel, make yourself feel bad because maybe nope, you haven't allowed yourself you. that yet. It's nope. not about any of that. It's just realizing that this is just life is magnetic. <laughs> like life is magnetic. And so, and again, life source doesn't judge us. We get to play the game that we want to play here. Like we have free will and those that have allowed really, really nice cars they just convince them. So it's not even convincing to me. It's more of like, cause in our natural state, we don't doubt any of this. Like, you know, when we're connected to our source connection, we feel it deeply. We don't doubt what we're worthy of. We know that source loves us and loves to dote upon us. To me, it's more about like letting go of those beliefs that tell yes. us something otherwise. And you see a lot of these stories with like artists and celebrities, like in the beginning of their journey, they didn't feel that worthy of that much, but they had a dream and along the way, they kept telling themselves that like their dream was meant for them. Their dream was meant for them. That just, even though maybe they had a lot of doubts and fears and insecurity in the beginning, that just something in them said that like, this is meant for you. Like you yes. can have this. And they stuck with it. And over time, that conviction that somehow I can have this eventually brought that to them. <laughs> I need to speak on that because if you were, let's say a person was raised in an environment where money was affluent, mm -hmm. they would have that conditioning that money is affluent, that it's mm -hmm. always there, that it's always available. Mm -hmm. If that is what they wanted for their own life, that would probably there probably would be no block into receiving that because that belief system is already built in. Mm -hmm. If they have, if they were raised where it wasn't affluent, it was scarcity, and we had to count our pennies, and you know, don't spend too much, and save for a rainy day, and those type of things. That's then becomes built into the belief system. So wanting more for ourselves on the other end of that is like, we've got this block going on, this old belief system that's saying all those things I just said, that's what the healing is all about. Because it's not that you can't have that thing. It's just yeah. that you don't yet believe that you can have you as in plural, any of us. So yeah. when you were talking about that feeling inside of you of wanting to have X, Y, Z, and you're like, you know, I had to clear some blocks regarding that. I believe we all have that on some level. There's something that we're wanting, but there's this little voice inside of us or this, this system inside of us is saying, you can't have that because whether we, we think it's too big, we think it's too much. Maybe we think we're not deserving. Maybe we think it's just not even possible. It's just a pipe dream. It's just, yeah, that doesn't happen to people. Whatever it is, I hope that people walk away from this episode knowing this. It's just a belief that you've installed and you can uninstall that belief and replace it with a newer one, just like you would take out a radiator. It's not working in a car and you put in a brand new radiator and the car works beautifully, no matter what age of the car, right? Yeah. It's just about deinstalling and reinstalling. And I've done this repeatedly over and over and over again. And I remember a time in 2009, 10, I won't get into the whole story because anybody who follows me already has heard this story a million times. I paid attention to all those beliefs and I reinstalled new belief systems because I knew they were holding me back. I knew they were contributing to the pattern that I was in. So when I was able to shift that, that's when things were able to come to me. I want people to walk away with knowing you can't have anything you want. And like you were saying, and I always stress on all of my content, there is never any shame to be doled out, to be dished out, to be owned in anything that I or you ever talk about, because this is human experience. This is what we were put here. This is how we learn to return back to unconditional love of self. What I love, Timothy, I just have to go back to this where you were saying the universe is endless giving. Like it's endless. This is infinite. It is the universe's joy to see our joy. We're actually contributing to more of the collective with that 
And I wrote here, it's a non-thing. Like it's a non-thing that the universe wants to give. Like this, we don't have to give this any thought. That's just <laughs> literally the construction of yeah. the universe. It's a non-thing. And yeah. I wrote win-win because yeah. both are winning. We could go deeper and say we're all one, but both, if we want to separate it out in the human mind, both are winning. Universe is winning and you're winning. We're yeah. winning when we get to have our creation. So it's not that we can't have it. It's just that we have to remove the blocks to receiving it. Yeah. Do you mind if I just add two little nuggets here that I think are just like such a crucial part of this conversation? If you ask me, it's perfectly natural to want certain things, you know, like there's a lot of variety here, like, oh, that looks good. That trip looks good. That vacation looks good. That car looks good. Whatever it is, it's very natural to want things. And I also find that there's a very, um, a backwards a backwards mentality that's come throughout culture over the years that says, when I have that, then I will feel better. Mm, and to me, point. that's the trap because a lot of people, because here's the thing too, you understand there's more than one way to create here on earth. There is the force, the effort, the struggle, the pounding it into the pavement. And what I have become clear on myself is that that does work because we're so powerful that whatever we convince of our convince ourselves of eventually it will come to be because that's how powerful we are if we believe it enough it will manifest so if people believe that if i burn myself into the ground to make this thing happen or get this thing eventually they probably will but they yes. also are burning themselves out in the process whereas there's another way of creating that says i am a vibrational being and i call to me and i can call to me with ease that which is in vibrational match to myself and that's where the, as I feel better, as I go inside and I understand the beliefs, the thoughts, the feelings that no longer feel good, and I gracefully thank them, let them go, because they did serve me for some time, as I feel better and better and better inside, automatically, things that feel really good begin to move towards me because I'm a magnetic being. So as I feel better, that which also feels good moves closer to me and that's the easy effortless harmonious way because it's just an again it's a magnetic reality so like as i feel better first i mean i know of people who were gifted brand new cars that like you know like they were gifted brand new cars like you know just like didn't have to go out and figure out how to get the money like it was just like brand new car here you go like i and these stories are not abnormal to me now like i hear stories all the time they're just like they're just so easy the way things show up for people. And they're people that are doing the vibrational, you know, like recalib recalibrating. So I just wanted to touch on that because a lot of people, and for me for a long time, like if I have that, then I'll feel good. And I recognize that's because you can get it and still feel terrible. Oh gosh, yes. So to me, it's makes much more sense to like, as I feel better, that's because we're in this thing 24 hours a day. So as being in this feels really good, when other things that come to me that feel they're just like icing on the cake. It's not trying to put icing over a cake that tastes, you know, like, like let's say the cake is crumbling, dog falling shit. apart, just and it. it's way just too salty. Icing over dog shit. Just yeah. say it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it doesn't work. Well, you know, it's like because I don't want to like our inner world. No matter what the state of our inner world is, even if it feels awful, it's not a bad thing. It's just that it feels awful. So to me, it makes much more sense to like just like you know work on the inside and then let that which also feels good be the icing on the cake. The second thing I wanted to say is just um it has to do with that that code that I talked about which we you were calling a win-win. The universe is eternal. <laughs> it's eternal. And so I just want to offer this perspective because I have a feeling it may feel good because it feels really good to me. The universe is eternal. It just keeps going. I'm offering it as a question, as a perspective. Would it make sense that the universe would conjure up planet with so much beauty, beautiful vistas, too many places to watch the sunset that you could ever count, all kinds of animals that you can connect? Like, it's here to play because it has eternity. It's here to play and have fun. Yeah. And yes, it wants us to have, it wants us to come here, take in the vistas, the opportunities. And it's natural for us to be like, oh, that I want to go play with that because 
there's endless opportunity. So like eternity wants to have fun. It's here to play, but we also have free will. And a lot of us were exposed to beliefs that told us something other. But when, to me, when I really feel into what's going on, the universe is eternal and it wants to play and nothing is out of reach. It's just, as we feel better inside, we let a lot more become within our reach. That's such a fun idea. Because who's going to, what universe is going to create crap to live in eternity? You know, it's like, let's have fun, guys. Come on, bros. Start conjuring up some good stuff because I want to play with you. Exactly. That's such a fun perspective. All right. So we're coming upon the hour, Timothy. So I want to ask you one last question. And it might be a kind of multifaceted, but the question is, well, you consider yourself a verbal channel. That's the words that you use, a verbal channel, which I've never heard it said in those words. And my question is, what is a verbal channel? How can you explain that to people? And aren't we all channels on some capacities? Well, answer the, the second part of the question first. And yes, we are all channels. And to me, what channeling means is that we we're essentially you know, we're, we're like these radio towers, we can tune into all different kinds of frequencies. And we in fact are when to me, the fun of the law of attraction is when you realize anything that you pay attention to, and you pay attention to it long enough, you're probably going to start to see a lot more of whatever's related to that subject start to so I've started to paying a lot more attention to traveling, you know, what's happening on my iPhone all of a sudden I'm getting recommendation for apps that have to, here's how you book a train in Europe, you know, like, wow. And, and you're just you know, doing like, it in your head, right? What's that? You're just doing it in your head. You're paying attention to it in your head and yeah. now it's showing up. Yes. Yeah. And now like, you know, like it's like in my life, like things that are just showing up, like, you know, like here's this about travel and here's that about travel. And so you begin to see that your thoughts are magnetic that, you know, and so whatever you focus on, you draw more of what you're focused on to you. Like, I was like, I didn't know there was an app for booking trains and you're up. Well, now I do. And actually that sounds convenient. So let me hold on to it. So we yeah. are all channels and we can all receive, uh, you know, our, our soul, our higher self, which we were talking about before, that is the aspect of us that is connected to universal wisdom, not cultural ideology and programming and conditioning. That's what our mind learned how to incorporate. Uh, our soul, our higher self knows how the universe actually works, like the law of attraction, the magnetics, the feeling better, everything we've been talking about. So we can all learn how to tune into that. And as we tune more into that and we ask powerful questions of life, and asking the question that's already answered and the answer will show up in perfect timing. So yes, we are all channels. And the more that we're willing to play with our own ability to tune into universal wisdom, to me, the more interesting and fascinating expanding it gets. So there's that. The reason I say verbal channel is because some people channel through automatic writing. So for years, Wayne Dyer said, I, my books are automatic writing. Like he just sat down and he's like, I couldn't move my hand fast enough. The words were just flowing through me. And, you know, like I just was writing. It was like, like the universe was writing through me. Like I wasn't thinking about it. It was just like, you know, so there's like written channeling. Other people channel art. Like I have a friend who I had on my podcast and she channels artwork, like cosmic artwork. And when I look at it, I just am like, I've never seen it's so profound and expanding. So okay. there's, you know, there's artistic channeling. Verbal channeling to me is tuning into that higher self wisdom within me and letting that be the place that the words come from, you know, that, that universal wisdom within me. In a session, when someone asks a question about life, because everyone's trying to understand life and understand what things in their life mean and why certain things are showing up and how they can get to a, a, a new place. People are asking these big questions. And when I go into my, my heart connection, my heart chakra, which is where I experience my higher self connection, that universal wisdom speaks through me. Mm -hmm. Just the word, like, I don't have to think about the words. Like there's an energy that drops in. I feel it come through the top of my head into my heart. And when it settles, just like this, it's like this energy current, the energy settles and this current just comes and it just, my mouth just starts speaking <laughs> and it's not premeditated. It's not thought about ahead of time. It's like the current is so strong when you can, if you have ever tuned into your energy and you can feel energy within you, you might have an idea, but the current is so strong that it's just like the words just like 
project themselves from my mouth. I'm I'm understanding this. So here's what's interesting is that a lot of us have a lot of experiences, but haven't put words or terminology to it. I feel now that I, I, I know these definitions. I'm like, Oh, I channel too. I channel in my coaching sessions. I channel when I'm doing card readings, I channel through my, you know, when I was writing my book, those type of things, what I understand it to be is like you said, it's just this, it's just a stream of consciousness that flows through you that feels it's light, it's airy and it's capital T truth. Like it's rooted in the most highest foundation of energetic vibration there possibly is capital T truth, i.e. capital L love, right? It's all to me kind of the same thing. That's why I wanted to ask that question because I'm all, I'm in the market of giving people, helping people reclaim their personal power. Part of that is really learning to trust self and to trust that connection with source. So whether you do like Timothy does where he can sit in, in an altered state, I'll say, but which is not, you know, like you said, plant-based medicine state or anything like that. It's just a state that Timothy gets himself into. And we ask him questions, which I do want to do this live at some point on my YouTube channel. And we just ask questions to Timothy. And then he comes from that channeled state, but we can all do this. If anybody has ever found themselves, you know, writing something or just some poetry that flew out of them or a book chapter that took 10 minutes, you know, sometimes you're like, this only took 10 minutes. Is this is this even relevant? And then you reread it and it's the most remarkable thing. People have written songs like that. People have the guy with the Apple Newton and the Apple dropped on his head, gravity guy. Sorry, mm. you guys, I don't remember this type of stuff. So, yeah. So. Anyway, there, someone's screaming at this podcast right now going, it's so-and-so. Hey, that's <laughs> not my bag, peeps. So, you know, um, anyway, he, someone said that he went every day and sat under that tree. That's what he did. And he got into this quiet altered state. You could say just some type of meditation-y zone. And then he would stream information would come to him. If it's him, there's another guy inventor. I don't, I just don't remember where I heard this quote. I'm terrible at quoting people. And I thought, you know, this is not just for a few people. It's for all of us. And it's beautiful and it leads us and it guides us. And there's a feeling like you were saying, there's a feeling involved with that. So Timothy, and your last question is, so can people hire you to channel for them or how do your sessions work? What does this look like for you? You guys, I'm telling you right now, there is so much more to Timothy Waterman than you see on social media. He's got this love and this energy and this essence inside of him that just resonates out like it's this huge ball of goldenness around this man. I want to really help people understand what they're hearing or watching right now with you, but also know that if you're in a place that you feel stuck or you feel just, you just have some questions and you don't know where to go because people in your life aren't really giving you the right answers or they're, they're, you know, in a, in a different level of their life, or they just don't understand you. Just take some time, Timothy, to explain what you do, how this looks, how they can contact you and those type of things. Yeah. Thank you so much. Appreciate the, uh, the opportunity and thank you for what you said. Uh, <laughs> just you, about. Understand. you know that, right? <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, it's just it's so kind of it's, um, very nice to hear. So to answer your question, yes, uh, people can book a private session with me. You know, I can speak my website. I can give it to you. You know, if you want to put it in. Go ahead and speak it. And then I'm going to put it in the yeah. notes too. So, but let me get into like the the session first. So what I'll say is people also often bring their biggest life questions to me. Like as I started to do this and, you know, like, in, you know, people paid me to do this because I, in the beginning, I started out with like close friends and I said, was this valuable to you? And actually people asked if they could pay me. That's how I started getting paid. <laughs> like after like an hour session, they were just like, so they were like, I mean, it was started out with two people. They were just like, I said, Hey, would you be willing to let me you know, you can ask me questions, I'll channel for you. And they said, yeah, because they're very open and they knew what channeling was. And that was the first two times I got paid. I, I didn't ask for anything. I said, you're my friend. Are you willing to play with me and, you know, see how you feel about the information? And two friends, you know, two friends in the meeting said, can I, can I please pay you? And they were very nice payments. <laughs> like they were generous in what they offered. Uh, and to me, that was- appreciation too, though. It shows that they got a lot of value out of it. To me, that's how it came across. Like this was really valuable. And they wanted to say to me, like, I hope you know how valuable this is. But what I found over, you know, I, I feel like I've been doing this 
somewhere between two and three years where like I've been like doing one-to-ones with people people bring me their biggest life questions like they they're just looking for clarity like that's what I find people are looking for clarity because they're confused they're feeling stuck they feel like they don't have certain answers and here's what I find that verbal channeling does so going back to the higher self the soul what Ab- what the teachings of Abraham Hicks call our inner being it already knows any question you have in your life your inner being your soul your higher self it's absolutely clear the thing that I find that trips up so many of us is our head logic yeah and yes. how our head logic was taught to operate yes. it's was taught to be a problem solver it was taught to figure things out it was taught to contemplate like six different avenues of possibility when we're up in the headspace like if you ask me the answer is just not there there might be potentials that we could come up with but a lot of times in my life experience when the answer comes from my head and I take that course of action I don't usually get any further along the path where I'm looking to go I still just am still just as like flustered and confused the inner being, the heart, I, I feel like the, the inner being, our soul presence comes in through our heart. It just knows. And so in a channeled session, I once heard it said like this, and I really, this feels really good to me. In a channeled session, your soul is speaking to my soul. And my soul, because it's unattached from all your situations, is able to easily use my body to speak in a way that helps you connect to your own inner intelligence. And the way you know is because when you hear the perspective, when you hear the tweak in thinking or the tweak in belief system, something in you will just go like, oh, that feels so much better. (laughs) And, you know, that's what I see happen. Like people, they, you know, typically people get their questions answered in 30 minutes or less. I've had people come to me with like multiple questions and sometimes in like 22 minutes, they're like, wow, I I feel clear on everything. (laughs) So, you know, like that and people, but what they want is they want to get back to that place of clarity within them. And it's so to me, the channeled sessions is helping people shift from all the confusion, all of the, I can't figure it out. And I don't know. And am I doing the right thing? It gets them out of this cloud of confusion and brings them, helps them connect to that inner being intelligence and helps them embrace the perspective where all of a sudden it's simple. It's It feels easy. It feels clear. And a big part of that is coming back to the love too, because a lot of times people are judging themselves. They're being really harsh and critical, like overly perfectionistic. And when you come back to the heart, the inner being intelligence, you're just going to realize that a lot of things actually aren't that big of a deal. It just brings us back to a place where you're just like, oh, I get it now. Yeah. <laughs> So that's what what I feel happens in the session. What a great definition. That is my favorite definition. Souls talking to each other. This soul is, it's got this fear crowded around it. I can't hear. I can't hear. I got my earmuffs on. And then my soul talks to your soul and then says, here you go. Here's the information. And then, then the other person's soul says, oh yeah, because that's really what it is. It's a reminder. It's just a reminder of what we are. And this is, I always say there's going to be like. There's an expansive feeling. There's a ringing true. There's something. And when you trust the space of the person that you're with, and you can actually get yourself quiet enough to hear it and shut down that thinker, shut down that problem solver, quiet that, that logic, you know, that's, yeah, it's got to be this way when you can just, just for a second, make space for it, the truth comes. And I really want to expand on that last point. You said that like you can logic and think your way through everything. And it's just like banging your head against the wall. And I've had many bruises on my forehead, banging my head against the wall figuratively, thinking I know how, but when I get quiet and I'm just like, what is really, let me allow that stream of consciousness to come in and to guide me. Cause we are guided all the time. We're just not listening. La 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 la. Right. We're, I don't hear you, <laughs> but when we can really get into that state, that leads us to our next best step. Oh, what a beautiful, beautiful conversation, Timothy. And as you know, we could go on and on for hours and hours, and we're going to be doing more, more co-creating together in the future. Absolutely. For sure. People actually requested, they're like, I really love when you guys talk together. <laughs> So Timothy, in closing, will you tell everybody where they can reach you, what your website is and your your main social channels? My website is Timothy Waterman. So my first and last name altogether, dot card, C-A-R-R-D dot co. But I'll, I'll send Kristen the link so you can just click on it in the show notes. 
I also have an email, which is uh, Coach Timothy. So the word Coach Timothy at runbox. Uh, so the at symbol runbox.com. So Coach Timothy at runbox.com. Uh, I have been adding quite a bit to my YouTube channel as of late, and my YouTube channel is Life is Timothy. Uh, Instagram is Self Love with Tim. So again, I'll provide all those to Kristen. I do a lot of my Facebook. I'll give that link to Kristen. So like, you know, however, if you just want to check out and see what I tend to post, feel it out for yourself. I have, I've been posting for years at this point, so you can feel free to scan and see if it resonates with you. Subscribe to Timothy on YouTube because you will never be disappointed and you will always walk away. Every single time I've been in Timothy's space, I have walked away with a smile on my face, with a lightheartedness, with a feeling of abundance and prosperity and everything that I can manifest in this life. He's a beautiful energy and he's an amazing channel. I just want to thank you one more time, Timothy, for being here, for being willing to join me here on the Sweet Empowerment Podcast. It's been a beautiful conversation. Thank you so much. It's been uh, been fun and it's been a pleasure. So yeah, it's always, um, it's always joyous co-creating with you. I hope you all enjoyed this interview as much as I did. And if you did, I would sure appreciate it if you jumped over to iTunes and left me a five-star rating and review. And don't forget to share it with someone that you love. Until next time, everyone, remember, you matter.